Welcome everyone to Phone Show Chat 727, recording this on Friday, 16th of December 2022. I'm Steve Litchfield, and with me I've got Ted Salmon. Hello everyone, greetings to you from North Wales, as always. Yes, it's uh, not quite our Christmas show. We are actually planning, gentle listener, a Christmas Eve special. Well, it might not be special, Ted, it might be very short, but we are at least planning to turn up next week. But in the meantime, we've got a show for you. No guest, just Ted and I rabbiting on and catching up with all sorts of bits and pieces. Show notes at stevelitchfield.com. Ted, people can find all about you at... TedSalmon.com. That's where I live, that's where I am, and hang out in the MeWe group. Um, Try as I might with other social platforms coming along, that's where it is for me. Yeah, in the block of links at the end of the show notes, there are, uh, for the sake of it, Ted and I's Mastodon... Uh, accounts in case you want to follow us there but i i have to confess ted i haven't had any inertia yet to really seriously push me from twitter to mastodon i'm, I'm going to carry hang on to twitter and hope it sorts itself out yeah i think that's very wise i i i look on mastodon kind of daily and there's there's really not much activity now yeah. that might be my, it might be my fault for not actually going in there and doing it very much but um I think Twitter's not going to go away. However much all this hoo-ha about Elon Musk is flying about the news, it's it's not going to it's not going to die. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. We do have some feedback and bits and pieces, and um, we have some news. We don't not really a news show, but the Xiaomi 13 Pro has been announced. Always interested in the Xiaomi flagships. Snapdragon 8 Gen 2, new Leica cameras. We'll put a link in the show notes to GSM Arena's coverage. Very similar, really, to the Xiaomi 12 Pro, apart from the main camera. It's now a, quote, one-inch Sony IMX989. So it's a full one-inch sensor. I think, is that the same one the Sony used on its own Xperia Pro? I think it might be. Um, oh, right. Yeah, it's got a thing called a Hyper OIS. What the difference between Hyper OIS and normal OIS is, I have no idea, apart from the fact that it's Hyper. Yeah. Hmm. Starting to get quite tasty in terms of imaging, of course. Only a three-times telephoto, though. I'd have perhaps expected a periscope at this price level. It starts at... $720 in China now, so I'm kind of expecting 799 in the UK pounds, including VAT next year, which is up with the likes of the Pixel 7 Pro. So that will be a good comparison, Ted. The, is it um, beyond physics to try and get a five times optical zoom into a phone? I mean, you know, relatively cheap phones now have got three times optical, but anything above three seems to be kind of, you know, some sort of bodge or some sort of um, periscope or, or digital what's it. Is that the kind of limit? Yes, yeah, the limit of physics, really. The telephoto lens, by its very nature, if you think of your DSLR days, the telephoto lens are longer, and you've mm. only got a certain thickness inside the phone for a, a straight-through telephoto. So once you go over three times, you absolutely have to go bend the light by 90 degrees through a, into a periscope arrangement. Yeah. But that works really well, and the Pixel 7 Pro has shown how well it can work. So I don't think that's mm. a limitation, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Steve Nutt, our good friend, he said, I've just listened to your podcast of last week. He said, no, not this week. The one with Anthony Daniels. That was two weeks ago, Steve. Yeah. He, said, he says, you said that Bluetooth headphones default to SBC, that standard Bluetooth codec, I believe. He says, this isn't actually true with modern headphones. Using my Pixel 7 Pro, if I pair a pair of headphones for the first time, they will default to the highest codec they support. And this can be found in developer options. So my Pixel Buds, he says, with the Pixel 7 will land on AAC, but my Pixel Buds with my Sony Xperia 1.4 will land on AAC 44 kilohertz, whereas the with the Pixel it was 48. None will land on SBC. In fact, he says, he says any headphones that support AAC or LDAC 
will never default to SBC on modern phones. This is why I've said before that I think Sony throttle backs non-Sony phones connected to Sony headphones. On the Pixel again, he says, keep up with the back. My XM4 headphones, I think it's the ones you've got as well, Ted, will, yeah. will default to AAC. But when connected to my Xperia, my Sony phone, they will default to LDAC. That's this, true. This doesn't mean the Pixel doesn't support LDAC. He says it's just what the headphones land on when you first pair them. I guess that's the key point. I can then change it to LDAC with no problem. So a bit of care needed when you're first pairing a particular set of headphones with a particular phone. Yeah, good job we got Steve Nut to keep us on, on track there because obviously he's really keen on the sound. And it is, I mean, I, to be honest, I can't even remember what I said on the show in question without going back and listening to it. But there, there, there is some kind of uh, confusion. But what I do know, is, and I confirm, is that the Xperia 5 Mark IV does play with LDAC straight away and there's no issue with that. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one new application, which I know you've got a, re- a very good response to, there's a whole new app and collaboration tool, Freeform, arrived in iOS 16.2 for the iPhones from a few days ago. And we'll put a link in the show notes to Mac Rumors coverage, which has some nice screenshots. Um, think like Google Docs, Ted, but for whiteboard brainstorming. And you can see the image I've put in the show notes. And I've tried it out and it's really quite graphically clever and you can collaborate with others but as you're going to point out it's not an entirely new concept well as usual with google services they they kind of hide some things behind the the workspace and and roll them out for business um and that doesn't stop people using with their product called jamboard um you can you can use we we just before the show we we did it we tested it out together and we collaborated and it looks like it's very very much the same as as the the free form from apple here um but google just don't seem to shout about it and it sits there in the background you can you can use it on a browser you can download the app and you can collaborate and it's just a white space the same thing so I think there are other tools out there that do this it's just but it's yeah it's good that apple have rolled one into their actual os yeah, I guess I just must not be very creative because you have Freeform, you have Jamboard, and you have goodness knows however many collaboration graphical tools. And mm-hmm. all I can ever think is to do, this is a test, and draw a line to a, a photo and <laughs> yes. then say, Ted, can you see that? And and we're done, and we're basically done. And we, ne- we never actually use the tool. Maybe I'm no. just not creative enough. Well, both of us, I think. If, if you were in business and, and, you know, doing stuff for a living, then yeah. these kind of these kind of tools and services might actually be useful um, or for, you know, kids playing about with them. But it's interesting that, um, like with Microsoft, which we're coming on to in a minute, you know, that they tend to be kind of business orientated. And um, Google, as I said just now, um, have, have aimed Jamboard clearly at business use. And I don't know about Freeform with Apple, but certainly Microsoft, as we found with the, the Duo, the Surface Duo devices, so much of it is business orientated, isn't it? Yeah, I can remember back in my aerospace days, I'm thinking sort of 1980s, um, working programming on VAX computers. And there was a tremendous need for this sort of thing because um, the staff were saying, how can I do flow charts and diagrams on this, effectively this mainframe computer which has got serious business software, but nothing graphical. So I, using Fortran, wrote SDU, which stood for Steve's Diagram Utility. <laughs> and I literally wrote this from scratch. And it wasn't collaborative, but people could do this sort of thing putting lines and boxes and arrows and so forth. Um, of course, in, back in the modern day, they could all have just used something like this, free and available to all, and they could have collaborated. But it does seem that there is a definite business need for that, just not me or you. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, we're not in business, not in the same way as could people could make make the most of this. Um, yeah, I remember back in the Scion day, brainstorming apps all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, there was lots of uh, um, downloads you could get on the Scion that did that sort of thing. But but yeah, as you say, not collaboration tools. Yeah. Now, Ted, uh, it could be that we're about to rename this podcast the Duo Two Show. <laughs> really? There's, there's an item, there's a graphic in the show notes which I will put for the public to see. I was Microsoft's Surface Twitter account. They said, you know, rather playfully to everyone, what's your favourite Surface device? Obviously trolling for compliments. And I just put in two words, Duo 2. And they obviously saw my Twitter account, I guess, the subscriber account, and thought, oh, we'll go to town on this. They set one of their graphic artists up to it. And they did a complete, like, mock album art of the Duo 2 show, episode 2, with graphics. And even they noticed my chest interest. There's a little um, Duo 2 showing chess matches and so forth. It read, it rather a nice job. I'll, I'll include it for the public. Is it too cheesy for you? Definitely. It's, it, it's just, I just can't believe it. I was shocked to see it. Um, <laughs> and I've yeah, got it close just, on. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's just horrible, isn't it? It's a, it's a cheesy, horrible Japanese style revolting graphic, which is just, ugh. why have they done that? I wonder. They, are, they, are they trying to appeal to the younger crowd? It's some PR person, some promotional thing at, at microsoft and somebody's been tasked with uh, contacting a few influencers and putting up mock mock art just to flatter them and it's fine i think it's a bit of fun i'll put it in in the show notes people can laugh at it as, as well as the regular um, photo of the week so we'll, we'll leave that there um let's move on now but i should say to people i the last few shows have been very android centric but later in this podcast i will be delivering my six week iphone 14 pro max review so Ted may want to get a cup of tea at that point. <laughs> we'll start with Ted, and you've you've got the long-awaited, long, long-awaited Sony Xperia 5 Mark IV Android 13 update. So do tell. Yeah, arrived on Wednesday this week, um, and yeah, the usual kind of download system, um, as you'd expect. It's just that it was really late compared to the the one the the, the one Mark IV, which is annoying. Yeah, but it's here now, and it's nice. I like it. I like the um, having the Android 13 theming um, available, colours and icons and wallpapers—that's really nice. Um, the I, I did—I mean, there's a, a not a huge amount of change with 13 to 12, to be honest. And unless you've got a Pixel, um, the 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 dynamic vibration, however, does seem to have changed. Um, there's there's some kind of missing bits of the way in which it works, particularly with Sony's own music app, unbelievably. So with other um, music application, it works okay, it works as it should do. But there's a um, when you kind of touch the the volume rocker, it kind of cuts out and then doesn't work. And then if you change the track, you move on to the next track. There's no vibration again, and mm. it, it's quite hard to describe what is going on, but it's something really odd. Anyway, with other music players, it's okay. You would think that Sony, with their own app, would have got it right, but um, there you go. Also, the other observation I've got about dynamic vibration, vibration is that the level three, the highest level, which I've always used, is wildly over the top now. It's really, really strong. The vibration motor has just gone to town, and um, it, it's silly high. But level two is too little so the difference in intensity between the two is huge and it's definitely been changed so that's not good because i don't know which one to use now i like using it but 
the, the, the highest level. Did you find that on the, the one Mark four? The one Mark four has, yes, it's got punchier and I still, I've tried it at various dynamic vibration levels. I still don't think any of these newer devices feel as nice in the hand as the Sony Xperia five Mark two which had a weaker dynamic vibration, but it was just right. It's just right for me, just right for music videos and so forth. And it was a, just a gentle vibration time to bass. Now, as you've noticed, especially on level three here, you have a bass note or a kick drum or something, and the whole device just thuds. And then you try and turn it down, and then it's not satisfying enough. So I, I completely agree with you. They yeah. haven't quite tuned dynamic vibration right yet. No. Hopefully they can fix that in software updates coming forward. And hopefully the, um, the Xperia 5 Mark IV and the 1 Mark IV will get Android 14 and 15. I'm hoping it will get uh, There's no guarantee of that. Sony are just tight-lipped about the whole update thing as usual. Um, but, you know, I, when you're paying a £1,200 on a phone, I think you, two years, it, two updates is just not good enough anymore. Anyway, we've done that one before. So I think, yeah, I think if they went for Android 14, but beyond Android 14, another year of security updates, maybe that will get you most of the way there. Because we said before, mm. I know these processes are very powerful, but at some point you kind of, you, the Android version level pushes the, the hardware just a bit too much and things might start slowing down. Yeah, there, there is that argument, but didn't stop Samsung and it, and it hasn't stopped Pixel doing, yeah. you know, Google doing the same thing. Anyway, um, there's no change to the auto brightness bug or ridiculousness yeah, in the main mutter, mutter. UI. It's just uh, the, the always-on display as well. Both are just poorly calibrated, and the ambient control of those is just rubbish. It just doesn't work very well. In order to get the always-on display usable in dim lighting, you need to put it under a lamp. It's just rubbish. It works okay during the night when it's pitch black, but the, the algorithms that they've used for doing that is just mm -hmm. wrong. And so uh, Samsung just show them up so much with that. There yeah, you go. yeah. And I did exactly what you suggested, and I've just turned auto brightness off, and I now control yeah. my Sony's um, brightness manually, and I'm very happy. Yeah, yeah. Except for the always-on display, that you, you can't fix yeah, that. Indeed. Uh, unlike with Samsung, I keep saying unlike Samsung. We'll come to that. Charging is um, decidedly slow when you come from a fast charging device. I think that going forward charging is just going to get quicker and quicker and these kind of phones that, that companies like sony have got to, you've got to get on board with this um samsung are getting on board with this we know because it's been reported um they haven't done particularly fast charging before but anyway there are pros and cons to that um and gaming i tried out some gaming on the phone this week i'm not much of a gamer as you know but the i did find that with the widescreen 21.9 works brilliantly well for gaming yeah. and you can get your hands onto the screen to control each end of it where you've got no physical controllers and you don't block out half of what is going on um now the the most um intensive game i tried on it was asphalt 9 which incidentally is an, a 2.5 gigabyte download um <laughs> But I'm more likely to use things like Super Mario Kart and um, other Mario games or, or Angry Birds, stuff like that. And that works really, really well. Um, even on the um, on Asphalt 9, I, I didn't get um, any overheating or throttling or anything like that. Um, it, I, I, I think that all that thing is – that thing about the Sony's overheating is – much more about people that are really pushing the boundaries on gaming and on video recording and um, running yeah. things all at the same time. 
So, um, yeah, that was good. The, the, dyna- the dynamic vibration also seems to be a bit hit and miss with games. So on some games, it works well. And um, sorry, some some games it works and other games it just doesn't at all. So, for example, Mario Run works really well and enhances the gameplay really, really well. But Super Mario Kart and Angry Birds, for example, just doesn't. Now, Angry Birds would be a great one for it to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You imagine the boulders crashing into each other and that vibrating. No, just doesn't work. So maybe it's uh, developers that have got to get on board with that and just aren't doing so. Um, but uh, Sony will just have to live with it, I suppose. Uh, Sony is such a small player in the overall phone world. I know they're producing these flagship devices with all the gadgets that we lust after. But if we are realistic... They probably sell less than Pixels, uh, and they themselves are quite a small niche. So yeah. you can understand developers not making a beeline to to support all these dynamic vibration APIs, but it's a shame. Yeah, indeed. I'm still wowing about the micro, Motorola Edge 30 Neo, which is great. The speakers are fantastic, and I've tested them again this week against all the devices I've got here, and they are the best. And I will do a blog post about um, Moto Peak, I think, because I'm so sold on moto peak almost being well even perhaps actually better than having an always on display the way what? In which it works shock horror well well I, there are some things about it that is just better and anyway i'll do a blog post about that because i think it's worth going through with some screenshots and to explain to people how moto's peak works and why it's so good so that'll be coming the other thing i've been playing about with this week is the samsung galaxy devices um, as I mentioned last week, I was teaming up with my tablet um, and my Z Flip 3 and my S20 FE and trying to make them all work together. I've got a um, a slim keyboard cover coming this week, which I got on the cheap for 30 quid um, because it was in a sale. Normally, they're 120 quid, but we'll see how that works. That's more to do with um, tablets anyway. Um, and... Um, I, I, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying the, the way in which all those kind of tools talk to each other. The Google Messages allows for the pairing by QR code, but I mean, like other Android devices now, that works. It's, that's not to do with Samsung. That that's Samsung piggybacking what Google are doing, um, and the the RCS is working. I, I, I might come to the RCS another week. I'm doing some ongoing testing with Malcolm about Malcolm Bryant about that. And it looks like RCS is actually getting a bit better, but that's another topic for another day. Um, there's uh, no tele- telephony on the tablet, but you can piggyback that onto the phone and that works really well. Um, there's, uh, I also tried to use um, the next dot touch with the flip three um, given that there's no HDMI out. And that's just a no starter, as you would expect, Steve. Uh, you, you don't get anything at all. No dice. Mm, I don't know why, yeah, I don't know why yeah. Samsung have put a USB 2 port on the, the Flip 3. That just seems mad. Why don't they just make it a USB 3 port and let people that want to play with Dex or Next Doc Touch, um, or Next Doc devices generally, be able to do that it just seems like a nutty exclusion it seems to me that they clearly view the flip series as non-pros i not business users and that there would there would be no overlap in their venn diagram between people wanting to use decks and external monitors and using a flip phone and they might be right but you are the single dot at the intersection of those venn diagram circles <laughs> yes. so I, I don't think it's for you i but i can see why they thought it wouldn't need usb3 it wouldn't need hdmi out it wouldn't need decks, but I, I agree it's a shame from your point of view. 
Indeed. Um, so Samsung Internet, I've been trying that this week and having a look at that and seeing why people like it so much. And um, I can see some of those benefits to it. However, I mean, it, it does now sync with Chrome, so you can sync bookmarks and stuff. But I, I don't know. That, it's just that all my stuff is in Chrome and all my passwords and everything. And it's just like it's very difficult to jump ac- across that bridge into using Samsung Internet. Um, headphone hooking up is really, really good. You can move between all the aforementioned devices with ease. Just start playing audio on another of the Samsung devices, and it just knows. It knows exactly what you're doing. Pair up, put put a, put a pair of um, headphones on that it's never one of the devices never seen before, and it just starts working. And that works with um, other devices, uh, you know, not just Samsung um, Buds or whatever, but it works with any. That's been really well done and well thought out. Um, one UI is really um, interesting, I think, these days. They, they've made it very nicely proportioned and font sizes and on-screen elements, a bit like you always say about Apple devices. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it looks like the UI is designed to be used on the screen and not that the screen is used to be on the UI the other way around, <laughs> like many Android phones are, as we both know. Um, it, it, it makes, I, I think Samsung have just followed that Apple lead and they've done that really well and they've made those elements okay. Um, and, and what isn't okay, you can usually change with things like good lock and other settings, um, and do a deep dive. So yeah. I, I've ended up the week really, um, thinking if I was going to use a Samsung device, would it be the flip or the not the flip? Um, and I think that I probably would end up saying that the flip, great fun as it is, um, I think actually that the S20 FE Android is, is a more capable device. It's got all the DeX hooks in as well, HDMI out and all of that. Um, and it's got a proper glass screen and not the kind of folding uh, plastic thing going on. Um, and I think actually, even though it's only got, well, it's on its last year now, I think that I'm more likely to be, if I, if I was going to jump into the Samsung world, I'd be using the, the, the slab now and not the fold. But there you go. Yeah, there's a couple of notes just on, uh, within all that. The Samsung Internet, just a note for the listeners out there, is not something you can only use on Samsung phones. I had that installed as a browser on numerous Android phones in the past because it had supported plugins, for example, yeah. the ad blocking, and very and it could run full dark mode you know, before Chrome could. So Samsung Internet is a completely generic browser that just happens mm. to be made by Samsung. So, but, no, but I agree with you. I've got all my passwords and autosave this and autosave that in both Chrome and Safari, because I live partly in the Mac world and, and iPhone world as well. So I've already input my passwords and my logins to two browser systems. I can't possibly face doing it a third time. So yeah. wonderful that we can recommend Samsung Internet in the Play Store. I don't use it personally. Indeed. Um, and, yeah, just to mention also that Gallery is getting smarter for those that want to use Gallery. But they do seem to have hooked up with Microsoft OneDrive. They, they, yeah. This this arrangement they've got, Samsung and Microsoft are all in bed with each other on this thing, and 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 Samsung Cloud, which I think used to be the common denominator here, they're, they're just saying no, use Microsoft OneDrive now. Um, now I've got one terabyte unused in Microsoft 365, but I'd still rather work it in, inside Google Photos to be honest, because I'm just I'm so Google orientated. But the next person if they've got that, perhaps should use that. But it was interesting to see that, you know, Samsung have just moved away from cloud altogether and they're just saying, no, if you want to sync your gallery, use Microsoft. I think that's fair enough. It's one hassle they could do without. 
not that many people, I bet, were using Samsung Cloud. More and more people, by default, had Google Drive and OneDrive and and so forth. So why not just use those and Samsung can reassign the personnel in its Samsung Cloud division and make everything simpler. So, I mean, they did this deal, didn't they? Was it uh, five, six years ago, Microsoft and Samsung? And this is just yet another um, iteration of their working together. Yeah, yeah, and and as we know, they've they've done the whole thing with PhoneLink as well with yeah, Microsoft, yeah. Yeah. which works works much much better than yeah. not having a Samsung phone or a, a, a Surface Duo. Um, so uh, yeah, really good. Um, lastly, very very lastly, before I hand over to Apple Corner, um, <laughs> I've got the Pixel Seven here, which I've done the review on now, and it's kind of sitting around doing nothing because I'm half expecting it to be collected by Google PR any minute. If they do leave it with me, I think that I'm enthusiastic enough about it to perhaps in January, if they're going to leave it with us longer term, um, set it up properly um, with all my data yeah. and give it give it a go. I know it's a big phone, but um, there are things I don't like about it. But there's, all, there's also something just nice to be in the latest pixel world chromebook in hand and just doing the whole google thing for a google fanatic like me so i'll look at that in january yeah exactly the same here the pixel 7 pro they said we could borrow them for three weeks and it's it's not worth putting my main account on and all my main apps on a phone if i know that in three weeks time it's going to be taken away it's just too much work for not enough reward and i've got enough in my test account and i believe i really can deliver a good verdict as yeah. I've been doing in my YouTube shorts and you've been doing in your review based on test account and testing everything you want to test without actually giving it access to your main Google account. But yeah, if they leave the 7 Pro here come January. Maybe I'll switch that to my main account and use that longer term as well. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime. But in the meantime. OK. <laughs> um, just a reminder, by the way, um, I mentioned my YouTube shorts, tinyurl.com forward slash SL hyphen shorts. It's easy to easy to remember shortcut we'll put that in the show notes as well and obviously you can also just go to my normal channel and there's a shorts tab now in youtube's interface and just click on the shorts tab and i've been doing two or three videos a week so do go and binge out on that i guess you could watch three videos ted but only what only last you two minutes 45 seconds so it doesn't take a doesn't take a while it doesn't but i think i was saying last week that the trouble with these shorts are they're instantly forgettable yeah yeah if, yeah. if you're invested in like 10 15 minutes of one of your reviews video reviews and i know it's hard work and it's lots of work and all the rest of it and these are much much quicker and easier to, pu- to push out but i just find that you know you, it, you watch it it's gone and then you've forgotten about it 15 minutes of reviewing and you you kind of remember what was said i, I don't know I, i'm i've got mixed feelings about it yeah that that is fair enough and maybe i'll go back maybe i will but in the meantime all you've got to remember is the the url to get there and then you can always go back and rewatch them which will take another 56 seconds anyway indeed <laughs> my six weeks on verdict on the iphone 14 pro max then um overall i love it it feels and works though just like 12 pro max it, it, i apart from the physical minor differences you really couldn't tell i'd upgraded at all which kind of makes me think well how then have i justified the, the upgrade price, um, it was, which wasn't too much, and I'll come to that in a moment. So, 14 Pro Max updates until 2028 rather than 2026, which was the end of support for the 12 Pro Max, though admittedly both do seem a long way away still. Um, of course, as you've pointed out somewhere else in the notes, I've lost it now, Ted, that uh, with it, by 2026, the chances of me still using it are slim, but 
I, I accept that, but by then I'll have passed it down and someone else will still be using it and they'll be supporting. So yeah. my original iPhone SE, was that 2016? That is still in use by my friend. Yeah, yeah. Ditto yeah. my wife's iPhone 10, still good use, still secure 2022. Even our iPhone 6 and 6S, which the family used four years ago, they're only just out of support now in 2022, and these were passed on to more distant relatives, and they're also still being used as daily drivers by less demanding people. So, are, long... are you are you listening, Sony? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> the main camera on the 14 Pro Max is better. The uh, the, the two times the 48 mil equivalent focal length is just really usable, and it surprised me. And 48 mil millimeters, Ted, it kind of matches what real cameras, as you'd call them, often provide as their base. You know, away from fancy add-on lenses. I, I, that two times, it's, it's tighter into the subject, and most phone cameras by default are really quite wide angle. Um, 48 millimeter, as in 35 millimeter, is that? Yeah, qu- yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Okay. So um, usually, your, your yeah, your your eye view is said to be uh, 50 millimeters. So that's about right. Um, yeah. Street street photography, 35 millimeter, but portrait photography um, usually is the two times. So the portrait would be taking you up to in old 35 millimeter terms, like 90, 80, 90 millimeters for yeah. your portrait. So two times on a phone. Is not really two times for portrait on thirty-five millimeter. Yeah, on with portrait shots on iPhones, um, what it, on the fourteen Pro Max certainly you'd use the three times optical zoom right. as, as, the, as the main lens and use the other lens for depth information uh, and okay. extra context. So that they it kind of matches. But I, I just thought you'd be interested that the two times um, forty-eight millimeter option, you don't get lots of noise, you don't get lots of artefacts, and it's really high quality. So I think Apple have done a very good job here. Anyway. Very good, yeah. Um, the video footage, as was the 12 Pro Max, is still astonishingly astonishingly good. Um, the audio, the focus, thanks to the LiDAR sensors, the lack of noise and the picture or soundtrack. Most people, if you're online, they'll always go back to say, but the iPhone is king for video, and it absolutely is. And I, I still fail to see why the same people who say that, many YouTubers out there, why they invest thousands of pounds or dollars in studio gear when a top-notch smartphone has been easily good enough for years, which is why I famously have been shooting the phone show on phone since 2007. 15 years I've been doing this. And to be honest, only only the first few years of those, there was any kind of real degradation beyond what a, a main camera could do. Ever since I was shooting, for example, Nokia 808 onwards, I would argue that the video has been just as good as using a, a standard camera where if someone wasn't to you know, invest in lots and lots of mirrors and... And light reflectors. So what's the answer then? Perhaps you should ask them, why, why are you doing this with all this fancy gear when you don't need to? Ask the question. I guess it's they want extra control on lighting, extra control on sound and plug-in microphones, and they've kind of got sucked into the whole pro-video, mm. pro-audio scene. But I just don't think it's needed. If you've got a quiet enough environment, and I, I shoot mine at a home or in my car, it's quiet enough. You don't need pro-audio. You don't need separate microphones. And you don't, don't need extra cameras, so anyway. You might need to buy three um, iPhones, though, if you want different angles. But yeah, I, I, if, <laughs> if you're shooting, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I do have a spare iPhone because my daughter's, are, my, well, my old 11 Pro, which she had and she broke the speakers, and it still shoots perfectly good photos and videos. So I'm using that now for half my shooting. And I guess that could be a second option, a second angle. You might see me from in 3D, Ted. <laughs> How exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the speakers on the 14 Pro Max, they are better than the 12 Pro Max, which is amazing, really. As I said before, when I first got it, it's 20% louder across all frequencies. 
the best speakers I have ever heard on a phone. I've lost count of the number of times I've been watching something on this 14 Pro Max and thought, I'll just, if there's some more volume on the slider, and been dumbfounded to realise I was only actually watching at 40% volume in the first place. I under half. In fairness, I haven't had the ROG phones in, Republic of Gamers phones in, and the Samsung S21 Ultra was also pretty great from memory. I didn't have it for long. But I'd put that 14 Pro Max up against all of them, and I wouldn't expect it to suffer. Even your beloved Edge 30 Neo, Ted, I think the 14 Pro Max could take it. Mm, I'm not surprised, and I'm sure you're right. Um, there's got to be limits on a £300 phone, isn't there, over a £1,400 phone. Um, going back to the ROG phone, I did have the ROG 3 in um, for review, if you remember, and the, the speakers were good on that, but I, I didn't think that they were class-leading or best-in-class at the time, but then we've had, we're up to, aren't we up to ROG 6 now, 6 yeah. Pro, so it, maybe it's better. Yeah. I don't notice the dynamic island much. It's just a different shape notch, um, so far anyway. There are some nice touches like confirming when you switch to silent mode with the side switch, you know, that the island just pulses and shows the difference. Or, you know, if you if you put it on a charger, wireless charging pad or plug in a cable, it, the, the dynamic island animates to show that you're charging successfully or showing an ongoing call with the call, call time, which is nice and discreet. I've done a lot of speakerphone calls during the last month, organising my daughter's carers, as, uh, as I've mentioned before. And those speakerphone calls, it's really useful showing the call time and that there's a call ongoing on this the dynamic island while you look up other information in contacts or calendar or whatever. So that's quite nice. Um, the always on display, you'll like this, Ted, mm. has been massively improved for iOS 16.2 by taking away having to have a dimmed wallpaper, which is the main innovation for iOS 16 in the first place. Basically, they've given an option for taking it closer to what the Pixels and the Samsung always-on displays of this will do. And this is really important. The the widgets and notifications and and always-on display itself, they can be changed brightness-wise in lockstep with the overall screen brightness. So as if you've got everything super bright, the AOD will be bright. If you've got your main screen dim, either because your eyes are good or because you're in a dim, delete room, the always-on display will also be dim. So they go in lockstep, which I think is a feature that you'd quite like. I th- do Samsung's do that? No, Samsung's do the op- the opposite. It gives you <laughs> it gives you complete control over the two right. different things. Yeah, and I think I think that I, you're seeing that as a good feature. I'm seeing that as a negative because I want to I want my always-on display to be able to, to con- be controlled how I want yeah. it, not being affected by the other stuff going on. Yeah, but I think mm. some, some manufacturers do have their AODs too dim, as you've said. And yeah. at least here, you know, as long as your screen's reasonably bright on the auto brightness scale, the, the always-on display will also be quite bright. So, mm-hmm. uh, And I generally have the auto brightness and the slider to midway, and both are fine for my eyes. There are a few glitches, though. This is Apple's first shot at trying an Android-like always-on <laughs> display. Sometimes when it's off, it should be on. Plus, if media is playing, you get the cover art showing all the time. I think that might be by intention. I just haven't. That's very, that's very Motorola. Yeah. So if you if you've got music going and you let the screen go off and then you tap it, you see the the cover art, yeah. and you could but you can slide it away to one side and then go back to the clock. Um, so yeah, interesting. Anyway, so I'm still playing with that. Um, yeah, Face ID is as good as other iPhones and can authenticate securely, even for financial stuff. Uh, surprisingly oblique angles. I was testing this. I got up to a 30% off axis, so it's on my, on the desk in front of me, say a foot to the left and a foot and a half down. And you swipe up and it it, it scans you even at that angle and recognises your face at that angle, even in, in pitch darkness, which is just 
It's just really, really clever. The Pixel 7 Pro next to it on my desk does very well if it's daylight or bright indoors, but in in dim conditions, as you've got with your Pixel 7, it does fall back to the optical fingerprints sensor. Um, so And plus the face unlock, you can't use it for secure authentication anyway. So I think this is a clear win for Apple's Face ID tech. Um, I know we had it on the Pixel 4 series, didn't we? Similar. But I can only yeah. assume that generally that copyrights and patents are just stopping general Android manufacturers from buying and using the technology. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, pick the, 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 what Google are doing with it is moving it across to the home, the the, the, the future yeah. stuff, and that they're they're using it um, in other ways, just not on phones. So they test bedded it on the Pixel Four, and now they decided no, we that, that's not what we want it for. We want it for for other devices in the in the home sector. What I was going to ask you though about Face ID is that have you tested it with um, anyone else's face, um, or have you tested it with a photograph of your face? to see if you can fool it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it, the, the scanning feature where it, it does a laser dot projection image of your face, it's a completely three-dimensional thing. You cannot fool it with a 2D photograph. Right, I guess right. you could probably fool it with a literal three-dimensional sculpture, life-size of your yep. face with the eyes open and with some kind of reflection, maybe by behind the eye, where the iris would be. But I mean that's an awful lot of trouble just to break into, <laughs> into Ted Salmon's phone and to make a, a yeah, you know yeah. a, a, a attack on a, a cotton wool beard as well. I do, I do get that. <laughs> yeah, so no, no, it's, it's very secure indeed, which is why you can pay you know five hundred pounds, a thousand pounds in a shop just using your phone for payment. There's just no limits as far as I can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, very clever. Um, the two hundred and forty gram weight isn't a problem for me in daily use. I mean, I'm, I'm with Aidan Bell here, belt holster. And an acceptance that it's almost my main computer these days, so I can accept a bit of weight. But, you know, watching media, you do have to find a stand of some kind. It gets heavy holding it after a while, so otherwise you get RSI. In bed, you know, watch, winding down at night, watching some Netflix or YouTube. I, I've got a small teddy bear left over from my daughter, and it sits up at the perfect height and angle to hold the iPhone. just looks a bit soppy <laughs> if someone else comes in the room and sees me hold it with a teddy on my lap. <laughs> no, maybe i'm sharing too much i still haven't cracked 200 gigabyte storage let alone the one terabyte internal which i'm just embarrassed to have really i wish i could donate 768 gigabyte to you ted um then you, you stick it yeah. in your motorola yeah that'd be useful um although these days I, I don't think it is so much um but yeah going back to the weight for a second but 240 grams is quite hefty isn't it i was just thinking that that's about the weight of the nokia xr20 and i so i, so I can imagine what that's like in the pocket and in um or hanging around your neck or something on a lanyard <laughs> yeah your xr20 which you do love and you're very yeah. glad you bought it but i notice you don't often have it as your main phone for that reason no no, I don't. But but it's got Android 13 coming um, any minute. It's about to drop, and I, I'll be very interested to see how it does with that. Um, I do like the XR20. It's just that I've got so many other phones to that, that that are better and take priority. But yes, I do like what Nokia are doing. Sorry, going back to your storage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I say I I will start using storage maybe in the better weather in spring and summer, and I can start making my masterpiece movie in cinematic 4K. <laughs> but I sort of think of an idea and a script first. I'm very glad I invested, though. It was a very fair price from Stephen Lapper, one of our MeWe friends, uh, especially in view of these widely reported, as on tech addicts, you're on top of the news, aren't you? Widely reported massive shortages of the pro iPhones because of this China draconian COVID rules and subsequent walkouts and riots and so forth. iPhone production being moved as fast as possible to India. So if I actually still wanted a, a pro or pro max now, 
would be really, really hard to get, get one. As explaining why when I was after one in the first place, I would refresh the pages like once a day, every day, and it's just not available in any store. And online delays were like six weeks. So thank you to Stephen for um, getting rid of his because it came at just the right time for me. <laughs> Interesting to see. You know, presumably you can still easily get a 13 Pro Max. Yeah, it'll yeah. Be inter- You've always done comparisons with the 12 Pro Max because that's what you had before. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if it, how much closer it would be between the 13 and the 14. Because um, I know that lots of people were saying they, they weren't upgrading this year. Um, yeah. Uh, your jump was a, a more substantial one. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to, to maybe one day do a, a comparison table on that. Yeah, obviously uh, the, the, the jump year to year 12 to 13 to 14 was iterative each time so 12 to 14 was just enough that it was well worth doing 13 yeah. to 14 i absolutely would agree you know hold far for the 15 which may yeah. come with USB-C, which might mm. be a, an interesting, interesting thing but every day something happens in my life ted some in my family life that makes it worth staying in lockstep with wife and daughter and apple services it's, it's little things like noticing that a new contact um also has an iphone i made a new friend the other week and they're there a little blue met blue color comes up in the message app and therefore you know they've got an iphone and then you can share media directly um like the one of the puppy in the last phone show chat and you can just instantly share files and photos and media without having to worry about you know what if they've got extra applications like whatsapp how are they actually going to get it will i will they incur mms charges so once you know that a contact has also got an iphone it's kind of you know you're in the same club and then you can just share stuff which is really interesting unless you don't want them to see you then, then <laughs> yeah. it's intrusive, isn't it? <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, you can do something similar, say, with WhatsApp on Android, but everyone yeah. then has to have that installed. And uh, you mentioned RCS earlier. We didn't have a lot of luck earlier in this year, 2022, but I'm guessing we should uh, test it again for the start of 2023. Yeah, as I was saying earlier, we have got some testing ongoing. I've, t- I've turned mine on. My mum and dad have turned theirs on as well, full time now. Um, and fingers crossed, it looks like certainly with EE and Vodafone in combination, it's working as it should do. And there aren't these dropouts and SMSs being um, sent over like, uh, like you know, an, um, eight hours later or something. It seems to be working. But we we do have ongoing um, tests, <laughs> tests going on. Yeah. Yeah. If I was single, um, then I think the OS and ecosystem equation would at least change in in the Android direction slightly. But it is what it is, and I've got a happy family, and I'm happily talking to them. But having two Sims, as I've said many times, the second in the Surface Duo 2, which I still love, Ted, you'll be glad to hear, this means that I'm absolutely covered for network and mobile OS coverage. I've got one yeah. on three and one on Vodafone. Sure, and, and you can use the other tools in there if you can talk them into it, because if yeah. my, my family on RCS and Google Chat and Google Maps location tracker and blah, 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 the list goes on, um, embedded in the Google world, um, you you can have the the best of both worlds there if you wanted to, and you could talk them into doing it. <laughs> yeah, my Pixel Seven Pro got the camera update we did talk about last week. I did see I try it um, when it oh, arrived. Yeah. So now there's the more config- macro, yeah, more configurable yeah, yeah. macro mode uh, using the ultra wide lens. You can now control it at intermediate distances, so you can uh, you can you can choose whether to have it on or off rather than have it automatically forced on, which is nice, I guess. Right. In the new camera interface on the seven though. I was a bit confused during the week, and I posted this on MiWi. There's a two-second button at the top of the UI in landscape mode. And I said, what does this do? It showed even in daylight for me. And it turned out to be it was a bug. Um, it should only happen. You should see a two-second, and you can manually tap on it and change it up to five-second. 
it should be a night sight thing, but it was showing up in daylight, which I just couldn't understand. I restarted camera, it went away, and I haven't seen it since. But just goes goes to show that this particular um, Pixel Seven firmware Google camera, as usual with Google, there are bugs and they are on top of things, and hopefully that'll be fixed in an update. All right, I thought that that I didn't realize it had gone away again. Um, I thought that it was a kind of EV slider, which you could um, control the night mode and it gave you some manual control over that obviously not yeah i know in, in the google camera you obviously tap on subject and you and bring up the controls and you can change highlights and you can change brightness but this yeah. is separate this is to do with yeah, yeah, ha- yeah. how long yeah. do you want night sight to last for um but it, <laughs> it's bizarre taking photographs at 10 a.m in the morning i was admittedly it was a dim cloudy day i thought surely night sight can't be triggering on de- december gloom maybe it was but anyway, it's gone away, and I shall keep an eye on it. Um, Very odd. Another plug, and also in the show note, for OpenMTP. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Android File Transfer is a Google's utility for macOS that lets Macs talk to Android phones, except it stopped working for modern phones and Android 13. It just doesn't work anymore, certainly for me. And it's always been temperamental, as anyone who's tried it will know. But OpenMTP, which we discovered... Um, where has this been all my life? It's utterly wonderful. It's rock solid. It always connects to Android phones and it's free and updated. And it's given the, certainly the new test phones, the Pixel 7 Pro and the Sony Xperia 1 Mark IV, to get a new lease of life. I can just plug them into my Mac, drag and drop photos across. Great. Hurrah. Also, one final plug for me and a software plug. And again, it's something we've mentioned several times. This is Wavelet, which is a small Android application. I've been fiddling with this again, Ted. I've discovered... It's got limiter and gain control. I didn't even know they were in there. This has got so many settings, so many things mm. to fiddle with. And the difference now, I finished fiddling on my Surface Duo 2, is very noticeable. I mean, the, there's there's better bass, better treble, better better fidelity. It's a superb Android find, highly recommended. We'll put the link in the show notes. And I think I was going to write a blog post, you know, summarising your setup instructions, but maybe you want to do it as you were the no, originator. No. No, no, you found some new stuff in there. You do it. <laughs> so you've got the limiter, <laughs> limiter and gain controls. I, I don't think I noticed that. So um, you, your right. gear, you're, you're, you're doing quite a lot of blogging these days. Um, you seem to have got a new lease of life for it. And so um, you carry on. Um, I, I quite like, like look, looking at what you're doing over there. All right, I will have a go. And I'll include some screenshots because I think it is something somebody really has to talk you through the setup just a little even a list yeah. of text instructions is a bit bare bones so well that's what i found when yeah. i first started using it it was just it was just like you turn it on and you think what am i supposed to do and then eventually i found a reddit post where someone explained you know um what is in this how to setup and i kind of did it all step by step and it was it, you could see where they were going but it's not very user friendly to start with yeah, it would be nice if there was like a default sensible set so that when you turn it on for the first time, it went there. But the default mm. when you first turn it on doesn't seem very dramatic to me. So I think yeah. you're right. It's best to fiddle. Now, photo of the week. But before we go there, Ted, just do you want a, a clarification on how we count photos of the month? Yeah, we're coming up to the end of the year and a year of great photographs in our, our photo of the month competition, our photo of the year competition, which is coming up. And I just thought a reminder out there, it's actually very difficult to count up the voting in the group. This year, um, I've done only counting thumbs up. But I did notice that some people are just not following that protocol. So they're they're using other emoji and it makes it really difficult to count because any one individual can um, 
can put as different as many different emojis in <laughs> as they want to and so it, it's a it's a counting nightmare so that's why i went for thumbs up only um and i would be very grateful if people didn't do one brown thumbs up and one yellow thumbs up because that complicates it even further if you're going to do a thumbs up just do one thumbs up please um and i will count just the thumbs up going forward which i have been doing but it's just a reminder really and we'll look forward to another year of that i should also note that i was very naughty and i posted a video but it been me we lets you post videos and i thought it was quite proud of uh, how well the iphone had done and also i think it was quite a beautiful christmassy um, thing from Windsor illuminated with the nice ambient music and the twinkly lights and so forth but we should emphasize it's mainly a photos group Ted so people out yeah. there stick mainly to photographs make Ted's job easier stick the thumbs up as well and then all, all his um his counting will be will be feasible and if you've got a video to share like Steve did which was very interesting there's no reason at all why that can't go into the main PSE group it doesn't have to go into the stills yeah. photo group so don't don't stop doing that, everyone. Just post it in the right group, please. Pretty please. Yeah, I guess I guess if there are a lot of videos, we could even have a PSC videos group. It wouldn't be beyond if you know if there was enough yeah, demand. Yeah, we could. Let so, us know going forward. That that could be an interesting option for people. Obviously, everyone would need to join yet another MeWe group, but um, yeah. but we'll we'll, we'll we'll certainly take people's comments and 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 suggestions on that. A featured photo this week is by Chad Dixon. I picked out um, Weymouth Harbour, which is a lovely um, scene which he took um, with the Samsung Galaxy S20 FE and edited in Snapseed of um, just lots of colours, really. The colours are the first thing that hit you in this scene. I know that um, those houses are those colours anyway, but with Samsung taking this photo, they've made the most of that. Um, there's lots of really interesting reflections going on in the, in the water, in the foreground. Um, the sun in the sky peeping over the top is really nice. The composition, though, I think is what's made this, because this could easily have been a, you know, four by three boring kind of photograph with all the wrong places, but he's cropped it in such a way that he's just got it right. It, it's in a kind of letterbox format, um, and I think it works really, really well. Full of interesting stuff going on, um, colours, and just good stuff. So well done, Chad. What do you think? Yes, I agree that the cropping is what makes it really. It makes the photograph cinematic rather than just a you know your average holiday snap. Um, obviously, the the location looks a bit like the um you won't recognise the reference, Ted, but Balamori, which is a children's TV show. Oh fi- yeah, <laughs> fi- filmed with in, with a harbour with lots of differently coloured houses. I know I it's not know. Balamori, but it's, it's the same sort of charm and quirk and yeah, nice location, nice shot, and nicely cropped. Indeed, and that was uh, Weymouth. Um, so thank you for that, um, Chad. Good stuff. And uh, keep snapping and posting in the group, everyone. As we approach Christmas, I think there's slightly less happening in our PSC Classifieds group. People are too busy buying Christmas presents, I think, Ted, rather than buying and selling in the group. But you, you have managed to find three picks. Yeah, um, just three this week. Uh, Sony Xperia 1 Mark IV, 256 gigabyte version, of course, um, as they all are, I think. Black, 499 quid which is a bit of a bargain. So um, have a look at that one, folks. And then the Oppo Find X5 Pro in Vader Black, (laughs) Um, 500 quid for that one. Um, And the third one is the Pixel 6a, white opened um, only to check that, oh, it it was open just to check that it was all okay, 295 quid. So that knocks a bit off of a Pixel 6a for anyone looking at the moment. Um, So, yeah, three picks and... um, yeah, as you say, lots of other stuff going on in the group. Lots of other sales, lots of other items, all sorts of stuff. But um, not so many phones just this minute. 
Okay, well, uh, we'll put all the links to the various groups and profiles and socials, everything in the show notes at stevelitchfield.com. Today is Friday the 16th. We're also recording a short show on Saturday the 24th, hopefully going up on the evening of that day or early on Christmas Day. And we're also planning to record on the New Year's Eve, Ted. So, gentle listener out there, while every other podcast in the world has gone on hiatus yeah. or, or is playing yearly highlights or yeah. filler, we're just here <laughs> plugging away, aren't we? Week after week after blessed week. We certainly are. <laughs> and um, we're having a break on Tech Addicts this, week, this uh, month as well. Because um, my colleague, uh, who remained nameless, wants three weeks off. So we're having three weeks off. Uh, but we've got lots of other podcasts around. We've, we've recorded a, another Whatever Works today. Um, and we've got Projector Room coming up. Interesting fact for you, Steve, that it, this week is Projector Room 127. And this uh, edition of um, PSE is 727. It's 600 ahead. <laughs> it made me remember, um, uh, realize how long we've been doing PSE. It's 600 ahead of Projector Room. <laughs> yeah, I've always said if when we get to PSC 1000, I think that will be it. I think that's where we hang up our tech hats and wander off into the sunset into the on the North Wales beach, Ted. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see what happens when we get there. Um, PodHub UK is where you can get all that stuff, incidentally. And if you want to buy me a coffee, then you can do that or a, a glass of eggnog or something then i'm at paypal.me forward slash ted salmon and i'll thank you in advance yeah other thanks links in the show notes coming up in the new year we've got some um, psc newcomers yet more ryan stephen from the mewe group he's coming on tell us his story and what he's using also glenn stone from the mewe group again giving us his full story and opinions and we've got our good old favorite mike warner He's also coming on in January. It's been six months since we last talked to him, catching us up, catching us up on all the really geeky goings on in the smartphone world. So plenty to look forward to, including, say, one on Christmas Eve or early on Christmas Day. Until then, Ted, a cheery goodbye from you. Goodbye. Catch you next week on the Phone Show Chat. <laughs>